It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Rolling along, Wednesday edition of Light the Tower. Craig is out today, but it's Jeff and Cam carrying you through a, another day of broadcasting as only we do from 10 to noon. Specs text line is open 337-3776 and by doing what we do, I mean, it's, I don't know, mediocre radio, perhaps. I don't know. I'll let everybody out there be the judge. Uh, Cam, can I just tell you that the intro to the show, like generic sports intro that we have, I, 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 I don't like it. Steely Dan? No, 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 no. It's not the music per se. It's the, uh, you know, your look around the world of sports. I'm like, okay, it's pretty generic. And I've told Craig about this. So Craig knows I'm, Craig knows I'm likely to complain about this every now and then. But like, you can call Craig the voice of the Longhorns. It's, it's great. It's how everybody knows Craig. But calling me a, an insider, I just don't. I don't know. That it's kind of cringy. Not kind of. It is cringy. I cringe every time I hear it. But aren't you an insider? I mean. Technically, if you people want to label me that, I guess I just I just look at myself as I'm a I'm a report I'm a beat reporter, just a funny goofy guy, just a reporter. I you know, insider makes it sound like I'm awful awful full of myself. You know, like oh I'm an insider. Well, I, I guess if you mean I'm around the team and cover the team and report on said things, then yeah. But I don't know, man. It's just it's just a little cringy. I, I take my job seriously, Cam. I don't take myself seriously. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So, anyway, Specs text line is open, 337-3776. I'm pretty sure I've pissed off every Spurs fan that listens to the show. So, again, two thumbs up for me for doing that. Hey, this texter brings up a really good point, Cam. Said, I don't blame Joff for that. He needs to fire his PR guy or gal. We're not going to be sexist here. His PR person. I'm sure they're stuck in uh, – I'm sure they stuck that in front of him to read or post – He's flushing his career away so fast, dude. Yeah, if you're a P, if you're in PR and you use Chat GPT to craft a, a statement with this of this much importance that has this much this uh what what's the term I'm looking for here? Like the sense of urgency should be as heightened as possible when you're putting out a statement. After a situation that like John Morant's going through right now, especially when it's not the first time this season, yeah. And dude, if you if you're a PR person, and you did that on ChatGPT, you should have been fired ten minutes ago. I, I since it came straight from him, I don't know if he has a PR guy because it seems like he doesn't really care. You know, he he did that rehab BS in Florida, which wasn't rehab. He <laughs> just he just went to a beach house in Miami. Did Ja, did ja go to the NATO School of of PR? He PR probably thought, did. Yeah, you don't need a PR guy. You can probably handle, did. it yourself. He did that Jalen Rose interview for ESPN where Jalen Rose just tossed him some softball questions. Yeah, I'm back. I've learned, you know, I'm going to be a better person, a better teammate, whatever. And obviously, he doesn't really care because, I mean, look at who he hangs out with. I mean, the guy who posted the video, I, I think it's, I don't know his full name, but it's he's he's like his boy, right? He's his mm-hmm. best friend. And they're always doing this crap. I understand you're young, you want to have fun, but my my argument against this is that John Morant wants to be the superstar, right? 
you want to be the face of the league. You have this shoe deal with Nike. You have all these kids looking at you. There's a, some, you know, there's a Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley. I don't want to be a role model. I, you know, I don't want people looking up to me. Well, that's fine, job. But if you want to be the superstar of the league, you want to be the number one guy, you want to be him, then people are going to look at you because everything you do, everyone can see. And if you go on Instagram Live, you're going to have thousands of people watching you. And if you're flashing a gun and you're doing all this stuff, you're you're it, you're going to have to face the repercussions for it. That's you know. The NBA, the NFL does this too. All professional leagues do this. This is kind of, uh, it, it kind of fits. When you say conduct, conduct detrimental to the team, mm-hmm. conduct detrimental to the league, that to me is like when the NCAA, which is basically toothless at this point, uh, it has no bite. They're, the NCAA is just kind of there. It's basically when the NCAA used to slap institutions or athletic departments with failure to monitor. Like, failure to monitor is just like that blanket statement. Like, we don't know what to call this, so we're just going to call it failure to monitor. I'm sure somewhere along the lines, you people failed to monitor something here. Like, that to me is what conduct. Conduct detrimental to the league. Why can I not say that phrase right without stumbling? Conduct detrimental to the league. That could mean so many things. Yeah. You know, that can arrange from, you know, Michael Vick being in dogfighting ring to John Morant brandishing a piece and like, like dude if if you're gonna i would advise somebody in john morant's position to make better decisions and surround yourself with better people and you know just understand where you where you are in life but if you're gonna do those things if you really feel like you need to do those things you need to i don't know it's not even it's not even like you're out hunting or you're at the gun range doing something productive like you're just Flashing the piece, whatever. Don't do it on social media. Like don't don't put post videos of it on Instagram. Don't have your boys film it. Just do it in the privacy of your own home. What you do behind closed doors, as long as nobody's being harmed and whatever, you're not putting any kind of illegal substances into your body. Sure, do whatever you want, but dude, if you're gonna do it, don't don't blab about it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be making TikToks about it. Just keep that under the radar. Like I said, I would advise against it, but if you really feel like that's what you need to do to get along in this world, maybe be a little more discreet. What I don't get is that he's not even hood. He's not from the hood. He grew up in a in a, a pretty well-established family, right, with, with his dad, T, and his mom. It's not like he came from, from the streets, right? There's guys who are in the league who are way more hood then John Morant and don't act out like this on social media because you know what you don't do that. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's I don't know if he's just screaming for attention or what, or he just wants to be. He just wants to think people look at look at him as a tough guy. It's you made it out of the streets, man. Even if you're not from the streets, you you've been able to reach a, a part in life that everyone wants to be. Where you play NBA basketball. You're a great player, and you're a millionaire. You have shoe deals. You have TV deals. Why do the, you want to be the folks the I've hood? come the folks I've come across in my life, Cam, that do live life on the edge? They don't brag about it. No, you they hear, don't. You hear from a friend like, "Hey, man, that cat over there probably won't stay away from that dude." Yeah, and then you start hearing the stories, and it's usually the person, the guy or gal, just kind of sitting over in the corner of the room, off to themselves, like just. Paying nobody no mind, and yeah, that's the those the the kind of the kind of person that John Morant is pretending to be at this point, presenting himself to be. Yeah, those those people don't carry themselves like that. 
No. It's much more much more of a covert operation, if you will. They don't, and that's why to me it just screams super fake. It screams super fake because how many because like you just said, I don't like I, I'm I know people from my high school who are, you know, gang activities, they would never post stuff like that on social media because you know what? That leads to the cops getting involved and that leads to you getting arrested. This just shows that he just his him and his boys, you know, they have some pieces, they wanna they wanna act cool, they wanna, you know, kinda stunt. But Jaw, I mean, you gotta wake up, man, and smell the smell the coffee. Did you, see, did you see after the first time he got he got in trouble with the with the league and, and the team that uh, somebody went and made a video of the final battle rap in Eight Mile, where Eminem is destroying Papa Doc and they super, they put Jaw's face on it. Oh my God, that's right. This guy's a gangster. His real name's Clarence. Yeah, Clarence. Yep. <laughs> I, I hope we I hope we figured it out. I hope we figured it out. It just seems like there's the stuff with the, with the mall with his mom, where there's the shopping. Do you see the mall allegation right where his mom like I wanted something and I, I can't remember the full story, but she got in disagreement with with someone at the mall. And security came in, asked her to leave. She said, "No, I'm going to call Jaw." So Jaw comes up to the mall with his boys, threatening threatening security guard, asking like, "What time are you going to get off? You know, we're gonna I don't know if, I don't know if they threatened to kill him or whatever, but basically that when you get off work." We're gonna be waiting for you, dude. You're an NBA superstar, what, you man. Had, you had they had the deal with uh, with his dad and Shannon Sharp yeah. at the Lakers game, where they got into it. And you know, I think Shannon's doing that because she's on whatever that stupid show is, where they just yell at each other, and he does that because he he knows he can go on the next morning and get a bunch of clicks. But for Jaw's dad, for T, who he's there every game at baseline, and he's always always making a spectacle of himself, and yeah. that's weird too as a dad when you want the spotlight on yourself. It's kind of like I heard Eminem say one time, "You're not going to outsmart the smartass, dude." If you're trying to get the last word in with Shannon Sharp, that's a battle you're not going to win. Yeah, he gets he gets paid for that. By the way, he <laughs> yes. gets paid millions of he's dollars. Paid very handsomely to do that on a daily basis, you know, fabricated or not, stated or not. Man, people people call me a mark for watching pro wrestling, dude. If some of y'all are watching these scream at people shows on TV and believe in everything you see, then I don't know what to tell you at that point. You know, what I mean, Cam, Cam, you're not a fan of the scream at people shows. No, I I, I think it's a, a huge stain on sports journalism. Camera was camera was watching one of those. I guess it was on over my shoulder that one day. They were talking. I don't know. Talking about something, I thought Cam was giving me the stink eye from the booth. I'm like, dude, did I do something? Like, what? Are you? And it turns out one of the scream at people shows was going on over my shoulder on the TV, and Cam was watching it. Dude, I don't know what it was, but you were so disgust, like you were legitimately disgusted by what you were seeing. You remember yeah. that day? Yeah, I don't, was, I don't even remember what it was. But. It was, uh, it's what's on ESPN right now. It was the Get Up Show, or maybe it was First Take. I don't know, but it was they were ranking. Ranking the playoff teams in order they could most likely win the NBA championship. They did a top five when there was only eight, eight teams, teams left, left to go in the season. That's your content. Forget half hot, dude. Cam was ready to Cam was ready to throw hands on somebody. <laughs> you were you were pissed something fierce, man. Because it's just it, it ruins sports media in my opinion, and like that's what's hot right now is those shows because it, it garners it garners you know social media clips and attention and stuff, but. Remember the sports reporters on ESPN, Jeff? Yeah, that, that was that was actually good reporting and journalism. And but see, I don't know. Just, I don't. I, you know, I thought about that. Like the old school, like Mike Lupica and Bob Ryan yeah. and uh, Bill Roden. Who else? Wilbon was on there for a little bit. For yeah, a little bit. Uh, the late great Dick Shap. Yeah, uh, leading the panel. You know, I thought about that, but I, I wonder. Like, I remember sports reporters fondly, even though I've never been a Lupica fan. Like, 
well, you can take a hike off the Brooklyn Bridge for all I care. Uh, but I wonder, like, if I went back now and watched some of those sports reporters' clips, how cringy would it be and how similar to what we see now would it be? Would we view it in a completely different light? Maybe, but I think now, and there, Brian Curtis from The Ringer, who's also a University of Texas alum, mm-hmm. um, he wrote a piece yesterday about Pat McAfee. Oh, this thing, screaming people shows have a following like the Spurs. That's mm. not me, Spurs fans. That's somebody on the text line chiming in with that. So feel free, uh, 337-3776, if you want to defend the honor of your favorite team and the franchise at large. But go ahead, Cam. I'm sorry. Spurs taking strays out here today for some they reason. They are, man. They won the lottery, so I guess they can handle it. Anyway, Brian Curtis was saying. He wrote a piece on Pat McAfee and how the, the sports media landscape has shifted from ESPN, basically what their plan is, they just hire a bunch of famous names, right, and they have them just run all the content. Instead of a handful, of, instead of just a vast amount of people doing all the shows and Sports Center and Get Up, they're basically relying on now Pat McAfee, uh, Stephen A. Smith, Mike Greenberg, and a few other people, so that basically all their content comes from. And that's where yeah. sports media goes to. But also, I mean, NBA Countdown, I remember going up and watching NBA Countdown for the finals, right, where it was, uh, I think it was Will Bond, Bill Simmons, and Magic Johnson, right? And that, I thought that was pretty good NBA discussion, right? Now it's just this whole fanboy-type sports media landscape where Stephen A. Smith, after the Knicks were eliminated by the Boston Celtics, on ESPN Countdown is screaming that Randall needs to be traded instantly. I'm devastated. Randall was atrocious. He was atrocious. Like, all this stuff where you wouldn't have seen that on sports reporters. And maybe that's what sports fans like. I mean, maybe that's, I, what, that's what they're interested for in. Those shows, I don't, for that stuff I, to be on the air, Cam, somebody, that, that's what I tell people about our industry all the time. It's like, why do you guys, why do people produce clickbait headlines? And why are the story, why are articles constructed this way? Trust me especially like my bosses at CBS Sports, they have analytics that tell them this is what people like, this is what people are reading. So when the masses stop reading that stuff and stop digesting content a certain way, it will change. But until then, it won't, and we'll be stuck with it. I'll say this in McAfee's defense. I at least find McAfee entertaining. Yeah. I do, too. I at least find Pat McAfee entertaining. I'll give him that. I I like him, and I understand Stephen A's bit. I mean – I respect him so much because of where he came from and how he worked up in this industry. But I just – I don't find the first take shows, the the say with your chest shows where you just <laughs> yell. I don't find that interesting because – Yeah, this this texture makes a great point. Other than Lupica, I'll say that. I'll fill in for the texture. That's not their response. That's mine. Sports reporters were never yelling. Uh, Lupica was the only one I ever remember yeah. yelling. Like I said, I just don't have much use for that guy. But I think Mitch Album was a part of that yeah. panel at times. I mean, great writers – Great minds, guys that actually had substance, something to say. It's not like me just getting on here and spouting off for two hours on the air. These guys actually had there was some some meat to what they were. There's some 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 steak with that sizzle. Basically, you know the only thing left of that is around the horn, which is kind of the most similar show to sports reporters because there's nothing really like that on the air it, anymore. This texture, this texture makes another good point. The same texture that was saying sports reporters never. Maybe we have to blame PTI. Maybe it's Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon that got us started down this road. But even like when I, it is a debate show, but it feels like when you watch Tony, Tony and Michael, they aren't like none of them have to be right every single time. Like they'll talk about something and either they'll agree to disagree, they'll move on. I haven't watched PTI in a minute, so because they're they're well, they're the segments last ninety seconds and they move on for for Skip and Shannon or 
who is, is Mad Dog now with Stephen A. It's just it's ten minutes over. You know, is now LeBron. It's now I don't even know because it's just it wrinkles my brain of just how how annoying and stupid it is. But but again, like you said, there's obviously ESPN and Fox and CBS. There's stuff coming back saying that this is what the dem- this is what people, yeah. sports fans want to watch. It's just not yep. for me. You don't you don't have to yell about every single thing. I mean, even Craig talks about there's a segment on Get Up or, or First Take where it's about what are you mad about, and it, they're screaming <laughs> at the TV. Dude, it's nine thirty uh, in the morning. I don't want to be screamed at by JJ Reddick. You know, that's, I don't want to be screamed at. That's why, uh, th- and maybe it was cold pizza, the Skip Bayless, Woody Page bit that started this. But dude, you, like that's why, like on Longhorn Blitz, like we don't have a format on the Blitz. We I never go in with show notes for that podcast because we we tried to do segments when we first started that show, and it just felt. I wouldn't say contrived, but it felt like, man, why are we trying to shoehorn? stuff where we might not have something to say that we just let it flow let it be organic and let the show be what it'll be that's why some weeks the blitz can be it can sound like we're drinking the kool-aid the next week it can sound like the sky is falling it's because it's just organic it's just three dudes sitting around talking ball it's what i wanted that podcast to sound like and that's what i think it sounds like now but uh, you know i'll I'll tell you this as we get to break and we got uh flex uh flex 30 segment and longhorn notebook coming up next i want to leave sports reporters I'll do with sports reporters what I should have done with Demolition Man and Clueless. I should have just left them where they were, remember them how I remember them, and I wouldn't have the negative view of both movies that I have now. I'm just going to leave sports reporters in the past, remember it how I remember it, and not go back and watch clips. Because I don't want to find out that it was cringy. Yeah. Just going to leave well enough alone. All right. Take a break. Come back. Uh, Like I said, flex segment and second hour Longhorn Notebook coming up next on Light the Tower on the Horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Webb and Jeff Howe. I wish I could mix this in every show. A little Obi Trice. Real names, no gimmicks. Hour number two of Light the Tower, Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, and Obi Trice in the locks and other good stuff as Craig is out today. It's how we roll when the voice of the Longhorns is not present. But I would just let this play through the rest of the show, but we can't do that. We got to get to business. Uh, Cam has our flex update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Jeff. So our Flex ATX update reminder tonight is Wednesday. Jeff, you know what Wednesday night means? Means it's time for the flex. That and we have our Flex ATX live show seven o'clock tonight, right here on the Horn. I will not be present. I'm getting ready for Westlake Round Rock baseball. More on that later. But Zach Lucero, Nolan Hogan, they're going to hold it down for you, Jeff. Remember, seven o'clock on the Horn. If you miss it, you can listen on the Horn FM podcast page or the Flex ATX podcast page. They're going to have Ashton Torn tonight, Westlake track and field high school star. Maybe won the 6A long jump, second in the 100. Signed to Miami. How about, it's not a bad spot to uh, have a college career. 
the no, U. Oh, not at all. South Beach, uh, get to run track and field. Yeah, not too bad. So Ashton Torns will join the show tonight. Going to have a coach on as well. I think Zach is still working the ones and twos for that. So uh, tune into the Flex Show. There this you go. week, starting tomorrow, Jeff, high school baseball. Had a question come in about uh, Round Rock and Westlake. I know a lot of people listening are going to have uh, some invested interest in that game. Game one tomorrow night at Round Rock at Dragon Diamond. Going to be a 7 o'clock first pitch, 7.30, excuse me. believe we're going to have two Texas signees and commits on the mound, Jeff. Travis Sakura first chance, Covert. Sakura, nice. a senior, Covert, a junior. We'll see. That's going to be the official starters. But uh, for those texting in, yes, I believe Sakura will be starting tomorrow, 7.30 at Dragon Diamond in Ron Rock. If you can't make it out, you want to listen. Uh, NFHS Network, I'll be on the call for that. Game two at Westlake High School, 7.30 first pitch. And then Saturday, if necessary, Concordia University at 2 p.m. Lake Travis and San Antonio Johnson. Uh, Johnson, the Jaguars, one of the top-ranked teams in the state. Uh, I think they're number number six, number seven. Lake Travis, just outside the top ten. Uh, th- Thursday, May 18th, tomorrow, first pitch at Concordia University, 7 p.m., Jeff. Game two at Northside ISD. Field number two, that's in San Antonio, uh, 7 p.m., first pitch. And then game three, if needed, at Dripping Springs, 2 p.m. Those are the 6A games. And then 5A, mentioned Cedar Park and Rouse tomorrow. Uh, just one game. I believe Rouse won the flip, decided they wanted to just do one game. Remember, they are in the same district as Cedar Park. Uh, lost both their games to uh, the Timberwolves by just one run each, won the flip. So game one to decide who advances to the next round will be Friday at Concordia, 7 p.m. That'll be a really fun one. Uh, Georgetown taking on Lake Creek, all at Mumford. So MJ from Hearn, I know you're listening. Just a reminder. All three games at Mumford, 7 o'clock first pitch, Thursday, Friday, and then game three, if needed, will be at 2 p.m. They had a, had a text coming from the Specs text line asking for some Lake Belton love. Lake Belton yeah. facing Magnolia West, who is also a top-ranked team in 5A. They'll be at Caldwell, uh, 7 p.m. first pitch, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, if needed, um, at 2 p.m. Now, Caldwell, because I don't know my geography like Craig, that's close to, like, Giddings, right? No, Caldwell is going to be... Okay. I don't know if Caldwell is the halfway point between here and College Station or a little more than halfway. So it's not close to Giddings? You're going... You go towards Giddings, right? No, Caldwell's further south. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. It's it's east of Austin. Is that yes, fair? Yes. Okay. We're on the right track. We're on the right track. Um, then Taylor... You're in the, you're in the right quadrant. And then give some love to the Taylor Ducks. Taking on Salado uh, at Eastview. Georgetown, uh, game one tomorrow, 6 p.m., game two Friday, 5 p.m., and then game three, if needed, will be right after game two. So um, some send text teams in the area, and a lot of future Longhorns will be on the diamond this week, Round Rock and Westlake, Jeff. Nice. All right. Uh, That's going to do it. Thank you, Cam, for guiding us through our Flex update. Let's go ahead and get to the second hour edition of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, so let's finish it up with, uh, you know what, Cam? QT's doing this, and and I'm I'm really. I want to save this second Sark cut for tomorrow. So remind me, we've got one more Sark cut left. I want to do it tomorrow because I want to make sure we've got ample time to talk about it. We just got into a really good discussion about screaming people shows, and then really good feedback on that on the Specs text line, by the way. So thanks everybody for chiming in on that. Let's go ahead and get to this Rodney Terry audio. Uh, Rodney Terry again was available last night. 
at the uh, Texas Fight Tour stop in Houston. Uh, let's go ahead and get to just start with cut two, Cam. I hadn't had a chance to ask RT about Kendall Weaver or Zarek and Yemma, the two signees, uh, because when I talked with RT in San Antonio, I didn't know those guys were official yet, whether he'd get in trouble for talking about them or not. So uh, here's Rodney Terry, his thoughts on Kendall Weaver, the UTA transfer. Well, you know, Kendall, the year before, we got, you know, Beard and I both saw him in the state championship game. We were very intrigued with his athleticism, how hard he played, you know, defensively. And, uh, um, you know, we just wanted to market at that particular time for a young developmental player. But he had a chance to go on and play and, uh, and play well his freshman year at UTA. And, but uh, he's one of those guys that uh, just continues to get better each and every, every single day. He'll be a guy to get better every day in practice. And I think it'll carry him in the games as well. But he's, uh, he's athletic. He can, he can really score getting downhill. He can shoot the basketball. He's a really good defender. Uh, so he's going to be one of those guys that just keeps getting better and better. Rodney Terry recruited Zarek and Yemma at UTEP, and I asked RT point blank, when he went to the portal, was it just a no-brainer to go after him? Yeah, for sure, no doubt about it. I mean, Zarek's one of those guys that's improved uh, every year that he's played. Uh, you know, he uh, in high school was a guy that – Played on the wing and shot threes and did different things of that nature. He's grown two inches. He's 6'8", 235. He's a grown man. You know, so uh, he's a guy that can run the floor like a deer and block shots at the rim and uh, rebound the basketball. You know, I, I, everybody's been asking me for updates on Dylan Mitchell and Tyrese Hunter. Why get the information from me? When you get it straight from Rodney Terry, I asked about both those guys last night. Cam alluded to this earlier. Yeah, you'll hear RT's thoughts right here on Dylan Mitchell at the Combine and When's he expecting both these guys to have their decisions, and what does the timeline look like? Well, I, I know Dylan's doing really well at, at the combine right now. He's he's, uh, he's he's shooting the ball really well. He's put a lot of work in his shot all season long, and, and, uh, and I think that showed uh, uh, yesterday. And uh, I'm not sure what he's done to, uh, to this point today, but uh, you know Tyrese has had a chance to go through the process a little bit right now as well. And uh, um, I think uh, well, both of those guys have an opportunity to try to live out their dreams, but they know if they don't, they're able, they're able to come back and, and, and play on a really good Texas team as well. And RT did say during the, the pep rally portion, the Q&A portion, Lowell Galindo hosted up on the stage and where they're addressing the fans. RT basically got as close to saying it without saying it that he it sounds like Tyrese Hunter is coming back, which I've said all along. That's probably what it's going to look like. So, uh, But he's got until the end of the month to make the decision. Doesn't have to make it now. So we'll see just a matter of time, I think, when Tyrese Hunter – uh, does that I, you know cam some guys that kind of got lost in the shuffle that are going to be back uh you know, preston clark is one of those walk-ons that they took as a preferred walk-on same for gavin perryman and alex and you know you heard rt they're talking about kendall hunter they weren't in the market for a developmental player they did take alex and as a developmental player and those three guys you know, we saw and play a little bit but perryman and, and preston clark those guys were really uh you know in that developmental group i did a lot of work off to the side with John Riley, uh, as, uh, who's the now departed strength coach from the program. So I just asked RT, are any of those guys significantly closer to, to being able to give you something? And Cam just told me that cut is not loading. So we, we, we no-go on that? Give me like five seconds, Joe. Okay, I can I can uh, filibuster for a few seconds. It's interesting, though. I I wouldn't completely – right off the possibility of this staff maybe taking a developmental high school guy even this late in the process uh, to add to the roster for next season. 
I wouldn't say there's any great chance it happens, but it, I, I'll maybe like a you know five ten percent chance. But I do know I do know they kick the tires on some some high school guys to to see it's kind of what that landscape looks like and see if there's somebody they might be able to stash away who'd be ready for the for twenty four twenty five season. But this is RT right here talking about the developmental guys that were in the program this past season, including Alex Anamekwe. Well, they, you know, each of those guys got better all year long. You know, Alex, you know, was a guy that we, we were very transparent with in recruiting. You know, we were going to bring him in and really, you know, develop him and work with him. Same thing with Gavin. And I think those guys every day getting, to get, getting a chance to go against those older frontline players made them better every single day. All right, last cut from Rodney Terry, Cam. This will be cut eight. Uh, I asked RT point blank. He, he kind of got asked about this a little bit in San Antonio, but I just asked him point blank. The way things went, with Ron Holland and A.J. Johnson, has that changed anything in terms of your philosophy, your approach, how you recruit the big-time guys that you feel can help you win ballgames? No, you know what? At, at Texas, I think you, 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 uh, year in and year out, you're going to have to have a blend. And uh, we're always going to try to go after the top player in the state uh, and, and try to uh, do our best job of recruiting him to want to come to the University of Texas. Um, you know, I don't think we can have a whole team full of those guys, but, but but we can sure try to find our share of guys that fit the needs that we have for, the, for that year. I lied about that being the last cut because I can't read. I can't read Cam's email, so I apologize for that. But uh, cut nine, uh, this is going to be on the 2024 class. If you go over to Horns 24-7 right now, and actually this is a uh, this is a free story. Uh, you don't even have to be a subscriber to read this one. Uh, Brandon Jenkins recently caught up with Liam McNeely, uh, the five-star forward who recently made an unofficial uh, an unofficial visit to Texas Excuse me, uh, in the class of 2024. Some big-time guys Texas is chasing in that class. You get Trey Johnson uh, out of the Dallas area in Lake Highland. Robert Miller from down in the Houston area. Liam McNeely certainly is one of those guys. Uh, Curtis Givens, Asa Newell, so some big time guys. For uh, Cam Scott, also is a guy that visited uh, officially back in the in the fall in the wintertime. So some big time guys on the board for Texas in 2024. How does Rodney Terry feel things are coming along with that class and what's going to be his first full recruiting cycle as the head coach of Texas? been great. I mean, we've been on the ground running with those guys uh, from the time that we took the job. So, I mean, the 24 class and, and heading into the 25 class, we've been we've been recruiting those guys for a while. And uh, um, so 24 has been very receptive in terms of, you know, we're recruiting those guys, you know, when I was an assistant, you know. And finally, this will actually be the last cut, cut 10. Uh, still hasn't been announced by the school yet, but if you go to the staff directory on the site, uh, he's listed there. That'd be Frank Haith as the new assistant coach at Texas. Uh, Steve McClain, Craig alluded to this a while back. Steve McClain elevated to associate head coach. Then you've still got uh, Brandon Chappelle, and you've got Frank Haith now on the coaching staff. And I asked RT just what led to Frank Haith coming back to Texas. He left uh, back in 2004 to take the Miami job, and uh, nearly two decades later, what led to Frank Haith coming back to the program? Well, Frank was a highly successful uh, uh, head coach, at, you know, stops along the way at Miami, you know, NCAA tournament teams there, uh, you know, at Missouri, had an incredible year, was national coach of the year, um, you know, and then he went over to Tulsa and had some really good teams as well. Frank is an established head coach, uh, one that uh, had some great runs at each stop, you know, so he's uh, he's done a great job both offensively and defensively. You look at his teams over the years, he's had teams that have been really good offensively, and he's had some teams that have been really good defensively as well. And then I guess one last thing real quick, uh, just on what exactly Frank Case's role is going to be. 
Well, I think Frank could have his hands in a little bit of everything. I mean, you know, again, as a, as a, as a former head coach, you know, he's had a chance to you know, sit in that chair and he understands what that entails. And he'll be involved on both sides of the ball and, and just really helping a number of different areas. Yeah, because Steve McClain is going to do a lot of the game planning, a lot of the scouting as far as the defensive end of the floor goes. And, I mean, that's where I think you know, Rodney Terry is really going to miss Bob Donawal. Bob Donawal did a lot of that in terms of the offensive game planning. So, uh, But Frank Haith was doing that for Penny Hardaway at Memphis, so he can certainly handle that. And you know, Frank Haith's been a head coach, so I just think it helps to have experience on your staff. And RT certainly adds that with Frank Haith, hell of a recruiter also. So uh, just keep an eye on Texas in the class of 2024 now that Frank Haith has been able to get out on the road and uh, and get some things done. As the Longhorns start chipping away, building a roster for the future. All right, that's going to do it for the Longhorn Notebook. We'll take a break, come back, close out this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. All right, Cam gets the MVP award for today's show for cutting the audio. Audio that we actually used day after, so Cam, thank you very much for that. No problem, Jeff. Craig, we'll be back tomorrow. It'll be the three of us tomorrow that I'm out on Friday, so uh, one full show of Light the Tower coming up tomorrow and looking forward to doing that. Stay tuned. Chad and Zay coming up next. Don't forget, get over to Horns 24-7. Also tonight here on the Horns, 7 o'clock, you get the uh, live flex show, and then at 8 o'clock, it is that Longhorn Blitz podcast with myself, Matt Butler, and Rod Babers. For the absent Craig Way, for Cameron Parker, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow to light the tower on the horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.